Welcome to the Weekly Squeak, your weekly geeky squeak with me, as always, Chris Chinchilla. I hope everybody is well. It's okay here if you're watching on video. Um, I'm still figuring a few things out. I'm going to have a slightly funky angle today. <laughs> and one of my posters fell down. I'm still about to, to fix that too. Uh, I have actually no links for the week. I'm not sure what I've been doing the past week. Obviously not reading anything interesting. Um, but I do have a great interview with Brian LaRue of Rollbar, who is probably up there in the top two of my interviews of the year with the best, coolest backgrounds. Probably up there with Lyndon Tibbetts of IFT from a few weeks ago. He also looks a little bit like a rock star, which is... I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm just going to get straight to the the interview and I'll see you on the other side for some updates from me. Enjoy. Um, so I'm Brian Rue, co-founder and CEO at Rollbar. Um, Rollbar is a continuous code improvement platform. Um, we aim to help developers build software quickly and painlessly. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the fact is for most developers, building software is neither quick nor painless. So I think there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity to, to, to help. Um, uh, the way we think about things is that one of the most fundamental problems with, with code is errors. Um, and when it comes to improving code, that starts with improving and understanding the errors. Um, so we built a suite of products and, 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 and solutions that, that help developers understand, uh, discover, predict, solve um, errors as fast as possible. So. So the the kind of broad observability metrics error reporting APM space is quite wide, and there's various different implementations. Where do you, where does Rollbar fit into that space? Yeah, so kind of think about it. In the, there's the, the the trajectory of the history has been there's been monitoring, which is kind of about hey let's let's gather the most important data or data that we that we that we we, we can ask questions ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Then there's been the move to durability, which is kind of saying, let's gather all the data so we can ask questions later. Um, and the, 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 the next thing after that is, is um, can we go from just having the data to actually having insights and being able to act on that data? Um, so um, uh, when we think about kind of what the observability players have tried to do is say, hey, we're going to get the data for all the things. We're going to get everything mm -hmm. from, from um, you know, try to cover the whole gamut from ops all the way to dev. In actuality, most of those players are strongest on the ops side. So it's strongest mm -hmm. on infrastructure data. It's understand our, our system, the servers, host level things. Um, and they're really not as strong at the code level side. So uh, the, the approach that we take with Rollbar is, is, is to you know, both get that data at the code level as well as provide the ability to act on that data at, at the code level. So um, just to go into that a little bit more, so is Rollbar one of the products that I forget the correct technical term that kind of gives you like stack traces and things like that when you get errors or is it a level above that or below or, or you know what, if, if, if you log an error for me, what do I see? I guess is a, yeah, an yeah, easy yeah, way to question. ask that question. Yeah. So, you know, the, the kind of the, the layers in, in the stack for us are starts with um, getting the data in the first place. So the, the mm -hmm. data that we care most about is errors. Uh, when, we, when we want to get data about an error, we're getting the stack trace, the, the exception class, the error message, and then as much context as possible around that error. So what were the local variables in the stack trace? What was the request? Who was the user? What other kind of business transaction data might be around that? Um, so that's, that's kind of the first layer. The next layer is understanding what that error means. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the key part of, of that is, is being able to make the, the decision are two errors the same or different? 
So okay. when, yeah. when I have error A and error B, are these the same the same real thing or are they different things? Yeah. And when you can do that at scale, now you can you can take millions of errors a day and turn that into a list of 18 different problems you have, of which one of those is a new bug today. Uh, and that, that, that's what a kind of infrastructure, like where is the code running standpoint? So the, the, the primary way that developers use Rollbar is by adding RSEKs into their code. Um, mm -hmm. So what that means is kind of wherever the code is running, as long as it can talk to, to the internet, it can talk to Rollbar. Um, so that could be on your laptop, it could be in staging, it could be on your production servers in Amazon or Google or, or, or Microsoft, it could be a mobile device. Um, a browser, um, um, it's, it's uh, wherever the code is, uh, that works. Okay. And uh, is it, is it, do you get much insight into the other levels of a stack, like databases and things like that, or is it mostly just focusing on the programming language? So we're focused on looking at, because we're sitting inside the application, we see what the application sees. So okay. what, what does that process see, right? So like, if, yeah. if you're talking about database, you might see, hey, database was down. Um, but we don't know why. We just know the database was down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 And um, so, what does Rollbar add on top of a just a normal quote unquote stack trace? Um, so, I think the, the the kind of the the two things from from a data perspective is. Um, Typically, when you when you're if you're just logging stack traces, you're going to get um, what people think of as the stack trace itself. So that's just the exception class name, exception message, stack frames, uh, maybe the line of code in each stack frame in some languages. Um, so in addition to that, Rollbar is going to get um, in some languages the values of the local variables. Uh, so we can, we can do this in Java and in in, um, in Python and PHP and, and potentially a few others. Um, so basically what this lets you do is you don't have to kind of go back later and add additional log statements to say, hey, like, oh man, like what, like how is it possible that this variable had this value or like, how is this thing null, right? Because we can, we can show you, oh yeah, here, here, here's, here's the exact value of the parameters and of the, of the variables in that, at, at the time that that error happened. So it kind of saves you a lot of time. The other, the, the other portion of that context is, um, is gathering whatever other, like, application level runtime data that you might want. So in, in a web application, that's typically going to be the requests, right? What's the URL, okay. what were the headers, what were the parameters, um, um, uh, as well as kind of the, the runtime environment. So what were the environment variables? What machine is it on? What's like, what's the host name? Um, what, if, if it's, you know, if, if it's, it's not a host, what's the container ID, that sort of thing. Okay. And, um, how, how does a developer add, add rollbar? Is it a fairly similar process for most of the languages? It's some kind of dependency or something like that, or is there an agent? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the the most popular way to do it is by adding an SDK into the code. So it, it basically okay. it's just okay. add a library. So import rollbar, rollbar.net, and that's it. And then um, does does the developer have to do nothing else, or do you have to sort of add various points in your code to generate errors, or is it a bit of both? Um, it it kind of depends. So um, we, we try to make it work as well, you know, like really well, well, just kind of um, I'm out of the box, right? So, um, uh, for example, in Rails, we'll instrument all these things, and just by saying for rollbar, rollbar.configure, you're, you're going to get a lot of visibility. Um, some some frameworks make that easier or harder to do. Um, uh, so. Um, uh, uh, that can vary. Um, th there's always the opportunity to to um, you know send handled errors directly to Rollbar. Um, 
Um, and th so that, that's, that's one approach. The other kind of just approach is, is Rollbar can also just consume your logs directly. So um, if you already have great logging going, then you can either hook that up by, you know, maybe having Rollbar hook into that, that framework at the code level, or even just at, at the system level, just slip in the logs and, and we, we can make some, make sense out of that. And is that any kind of logging provider or the, the language standard ones? Um, we have there's a there's good integrations with a couple there's um there's some integrations with for example with the, the python standard logger that with um uh some of the frameworks for for, for java and for javascripts um i don't recall the exact word language yeah okay but not things like uh i don't know um and nothing from like the elastic stack and, and those sorts of external i mean actually this kind of leads into maybe a next question i wanted to ask in that um where does how well <laughs> where how does does a, a developer traditionally configure rollbar with you know does is it is it likely that uh, rollbar is the only tool people use or are they also using other logging providers mm -hmm. yeah. apm providers metrics databases for yep. you know is, is it usually deployed amongst a whole suite of other tools as well <laughs> yeah no it's it's most commonly used as one part of of that whole stack right mm -hmm. so um because we're, we're, we're about giving developers visibility to code there are many more things that a company needs right mm -hmm. they need visibility to is the infrastructure running um is is the application running slow or not uh, and those are problems that are better solved by other tools so the typical stack will, will look like um, something for logging, um, something for, for performance and metrics, um, something for kind of just that base level infrastructure monitoring. Um, so like we'll see people using Roller alongside, you know, Datadog, alongside Neurelic, alongside Splunk, um, yeah. kind of whatever that stack looks like. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just dip, it, dip, dip in, dig in to, uh, I like to kind of look at the, the products page and, and sort of discuss around um, how it's getting late here. I'm running out of words. No um, problem. <laughs> the, 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 the kind of typical experience that um, someone would have using a product. So the, the standard view is, you can see you have a list of uh, projects, environments, also frameworks. I'm guessing that's kind of subsets of languages or is that something else, the frameworks? Yeah, that's just, it's, just a, um, it, it's, uh, so the examples of those in the project are going to be Browser.js, um, yeah, yeah. Rails, Pyramid, Rails, Django, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 Time frame, which we'll come back to in a minute, and then levels of error, which I guess mm -hmm. is uh, language defined, but also um, developer defined. And then um, I think the interesting one where Rollbar really starts to add extra functionality is um, triaging of errors. So mm -hmm. you can create your team and then assign that. And by the looks of it, um, integrating with other issue tracking tools. So connect up Jira or Trello or Asana or whatever it happens mm -hmm. to be. And mm -hmm. then it automatically creates an issue there with the relevant kind of stack trace and information right. bar linked. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, and the yeah, root cause analysis, as you mentioned... Uh, I think there was one other bit I was interested in um, going into. Yeah, so the um, the real time feed aspect. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to dig into a little bit across the, the time span here. So um, how real time is real time is one question, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> great question. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we aim to have latency be about one second. Okay. 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 Which is mostly enough, I would guess. <laughs> it very much depends. I think that's good. For I think. I think, I think. I mean. I think. Like you know, it's it's actually a great topic because I think how real time is real time depends on what you want to do with the data, right? Mm. Um, so for I mean, if you're looking at global economic reporting, real time might if daily is, is probably is probably enough, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, if, if you're looking at at, at errors and, and you're doing it as a human, probably one second is is totally great. Yeah. If you want to do it, it, it um, ten, 10 seconds even is, pro- is probably fine. Um, if you want to do it through, if you want to do something beyond just a human seeing it, you actually might want faster, right? So if, yeah. if you want to take an action instantly, then you know going under a second starts to matter. Yeah. And this interestingly feeds into one of the other features you have um, about grouping together common errors. So you don't have your view flooded with 50, 100 copies of the same error they get mm-hmm. grouped together, and then you can dig into those shooting so right. wish. I mean, how smart is that grouping? Is it literally just this is the same error with the same error message from the same thing, or is there a kind of a level of smartness there to say we think these are related? They might be, they might not. You know, some kind of configuration around that, or is it pretty much just duplicates grouped together? Yeah, that's a great question. So. So um, when we, when we first started Rollbar a long time ago, um, eight years ago, um, we, mm-hmm. we, we we thought that this was a problem that would be relatively easy to solve, right? So okay, cool, we'll, t- we'll take the errors and kind of just you know maybe hash the stack trace, maybe strip out some data that, that doesn't matter, and like that'll that'll be that'll be good enough um, for most mm-hmm. cases. Um, and it turns out that that um, the, the, that that's definitely better than than not doing it, right? It's definitely better than having them all in logs and having to just look through a giant log file and figure out where your errors are. Um, but it's it's not good enough. Um, mm. it, 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 you're you're going to end up with, end up with all, with all kinds of, of duplicates, or, or or if you go the other direction, then you're going to end up with things grouped together that shouldn't have been, which is even worse because now you can't find the data that, that you actually need. Like there should have been an alert, and you don't get the alert. So um, we've we've invested a lot in the last last few years in you know leveling up how we do this. Uh, we actually acquired a company last year um, uh, working in the space. Uh, we've made a lot of strides uh, in the last uh, year and a half since then. Um, so uh, the, the approach we're taking now is, is basically about um, analyzing um, the, the data we have, so millions, billions of errors, um, using some machine learning t- techniques to essentially identify which features in those errors are predictive about um, uh, those groups being, being accurately what a developer would expect. So as, as a developer, would I think that these two errors are the same or different? Um, that's what we're trying to model with um, with that. So what that looks like is is a ever growing set of, of of rules that understand which parts of the stack traces matter and don't matter. Um, uh, and um, and when you do that kind of at scale, you, be, you begin to be able to, to do this thing where you, know, you can make this decision of are these the same or different. Um, in a way that matches the way that developers would expect, um, and once when you do that, then then you're willing, then then you, that list becomes accurate, and you're able to say things like, well, "Let's actually create a ticket in Jira when the error happens. Let's not look at it first. Okay, so yeah, someone doesn't end up getting fifty of the same error locked because that's a human right. is just going to ignore that probably. <laughs> right. No. Exactly. That, 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 that's the, that's the problem. Right. Yeah. As noise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Um, and then the other aspect, as, as far as I remember with, with Rollbar, I, I did do some experimentation with it um, two years ago, maybe last year, two years ago. I think, do you also have the, uh, a feature around being able to kind of um, look at the impact of changes to then see how errors change over time? Is that something you also do? Yeah, so you know that that, com that that that's essentially a data analysis problem, right? So, mm. um, uh, the, 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 one of the, the approaches the rollbar takes takes is is I mean it starts with having good data to analyze, right? So that requires that that good accurate grouping. Um, once you have that, then 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 you, you can start with some just basic analysis. Like, look, let's look at the, the trend of this over time, and like what what also happened over time. When did we deploy? <laughs> when we deployed, did the error rate go up or down? Did this thing start right after a certain deployment? Did this start after a different deployment? Mm -hmm. We can also do things like like looking at um, what was the code that is in the error and what was the code that was in the deployment. Right. So, um, did we did the deploy include commits that change files, and are those files seen in this error? Or for the files that are in this error, what deployment last changed those files? That gives us a good signal about um, which 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 commit likely contributed to to, to, to causing that error. Yeah. yeah. Actually, just as you said that, I found the detail on the product page. It says link link errors and deploys. Um, right. So yeah. <laughs> And, and then um, is there any kind of direct way to roll back from Rollbar or is it very much go and do that in the tool that's optimized for that? Yeah, um, uh, uh, some of those things will be, will be, are, are, are coming soon. Um, uh, right now, the, the way people will use it is, is you're going to be watching Rollbar as, um, um, you know, often as you're deploying. Um, uh, um, and then what we'll want to do is not so much provide like a rollback button, um, but yeah. kind of integrate directly with a tool that is running a deployment. So if you're using something like Flagger, um, then we'll want to have Flagger ask Rollbar, hey, should I roll back? And if Flagger says okay. yes, then okay. Flagger will just roll back for you. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the other thing I, I just saw here that uh, so maybe it's it, maybe it's uh, important for us to dig into a little bit more how you construct an application in Rollbar because we kind of glossed over the languages and the frameworks, but I'm guessing you can use Rollbar to represent an entire application, which is going to be a mixture of languages and things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, because I, it looks like for JavaScript, and I mean, it, it's obvious that it would be JavaScript because that's um, client-side, that you can actually see like the path that someone followed to trigger an error, mm -hmm. um, which is quite interesting. How much further can that go? I mean, obviously you're restricted with the language, but can you then see on that JavaScript triggered uh, a Ruby API and then things went wrong there or something like that? Or is it still a little... Are the various components that you represent in Rollbar connected or disconnected from each other? Or does it depend yeah, so, on the application? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it, um, uh, so Rollbar can. So the, the the foundation is: can we can we get all the data in? The answer is yes, right? So mm -hmm. you, you can model your, your application in terms of projects, repos, services, and environments like that. Uh, that can all be modeled. Um, uh, linking the, the data together between those services um, uh, is is. Uh, doable, but not supported out of the box in all cases the way you would always want it to. So, um, no, but what you definitely can do is is um, kind of pass in if you can follow through through um, trace IDs, request IDs, SQL. Let, let, let's find all the errors that happen for this for this mm -hmm. certain certain trace ID uh, that you can totally do. Okay. And so you said uh, Rollbar's been around for seven or eight years. Did you say eight years? Yeah. 
Okay, and what 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 made you start in the first place? What was the problem you were trying to solve, and why make a company out of it? Yeah, so so my my, my quick story. So I grew up coding as a kid. Um, I came down to uh, California to, uh, to go to college. Uh, mm-hmm. Part, halfway through college, um, I uh, got drawn into um, the Facebook app platform, um, uh, okay. which is a, which is the time when um, if you could figure out how to make an app go viral, it, it would. And um, yeah. so, with some friends, we did, did that. Um, uh, reached millions of users within a, within a few weeks, and I was like, "All right, cool, let's work on this full time." And um, so, that was a really formative experience for me over the next um, first kind of six nine months, and then four years of of learning how to build software really quickly. And experiencing mm-hmm. that magic of having an idea in the morning and coding it and shipping it by lunch and seeing the, the graphs go up and down and doing that again in the, in the afternoon, right? And just the, the the incredible kind of speed and creativity that you have as a developer when there's just a direct connection between your keyboard and the user is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mission with Rollbar has kind of been to um, to make it possible for every developer to do that in every application, right? So not just in the simplest of our applications, but um, the most valuable and important business applications. Um, uh, so that, that, that's kind of the, the, the what uh, what got us started, and, and kind of the, the approach was saying um, uh, prior to, to then, the, 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 the prevailing idea was that doing a thing like putting errors in a database was totally crazy, right? This, this, this is the era of scaling challenges and like let's you know let's um, yeah. uh, be as efficient as we can with with the data we have. But sometime around 2011, 2012, um, you know, Amazon started to, to, to get more more, more, more traction with, with AWS, and we started to think about, about these things differently. And the idea of saying, "Hey, let's actually just like put all our all our errors in a database," became reasonable, um, mm. or at least became became conceivably reasonable. So that's the the the, the, um, the, the nugget of, of of kind of technology changes that that we started from. Okay, but. But why make a company? <laughs> Did you just spot a, a gap and thought we could we could fill this, or was it one of it's, these side projects that grew? It, it it started as a a like it seems like there's something here. Um, we you know we built a prototype in a couple of weeks and, and had some friends use it and they were like this seems pretty cool. Um, so that was enough to get to get me me and Corey, my co-founder, um, you know, to say hey, let's work on this full time and let's do it. Um, but it, it was a while before we, we really became a you know proper grow, growing company. We, um, we, we were we were a team of you know two and then three and then we became six. But that was the first the first three and a half years. Um, so you know it was it was a pretty small team for a long time. Yeah. Okay. And um, so eight years is I don't know crazily a reasonably long time in the kind of era of <laughs> tech startups. Um, and the space changes a lot. You've been through the increase in popularity of things like containers and microservices and probably had to keep up with that. And you're also in an increasingly crowded space, this kind of monitoring from rolling your own with just monitoring stacks to other providers doing similar things. Um, How, how does Rollbar keep, keep relevant and doing what people need and leading into that? What have you been working on this year? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I think part of the, the when you talk about the space being, being, being really um, uh, uh, full of players, um, it just I think speaks to how, how important software has become to the world in the last eight years. Right. I think, mm-hmm. and, 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 and it, along with that, how, how much, how important developers have, have, have become to the world. Um, so um, 
uh, so I mean, that's I think we were we were maybe pretty early when we started to work on this, um, and, and mm. I, think, I think now is kind of just the right time. Um, yeah. This year, we, we've been we've been thinking about um, how do we how do we do more than just um, give people data, right? So um, there are lots of companies that give people data, um, but what people don't want is, is I mean, they want more than just data. They, they want to actually do things with it, right? Um, and people are now drowning in data, and there are companies that are kind of um, designed to, to help you get less data out of data that you have. Um, what I think what, 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 what developers are, what the market is wanting is, is you know, it's not it's not about just getting more data. It's it's getting something something that I get, that I can actually do. Um, for for us, that means that means uh, helping developers improve code, right? Mm. And again, uh, the, you know, the, the fundamental problem that goes that you have with code is errors. So how can we help you act on those errors? Um, and to do that, we've had to. It's like what we want to do is 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 we want to let you, you know, not just get an alert about hey, there's a new issue, but we want to can, can we you know do some steps for you after after that. So mm. if when you get the alert, you would roll back. Can we maybe we can automate that for you? If when you get an alert, you would turn off a feature flag. Can we automate that for you? Maybe it's an alert and you haven't seen it before and you need to investigate it. Maybe you would just, maybe all you would do is create a Jira ticket. Great. Let's automate that for you, right? We're, we're taking stuff out of the process. Um, and all that is about kind of giving, incre increasing that connection between, you know, the developer's brain and the user, um, which you know, moves us toward that, um, uh, that mission. So, so this year, the, the, the big things we've been working on are improving the accuracy of how well we make that decision of are these two errors the same or different? Mm -hmm. um, and by improving that, we're we're we're, we're able to to we're, we're seeing more and more adoption of um, of some of those interesting things that happen after the alert, right? So we're seeing more customers adopting automatically creating tickets in Jira or okay. or Trello or Asana or wherever, um, and we're seeing more of them using Rollbar directly in in, in automated ways in their yeah. deployment process. So we're seeing them. Um, you know, automatically make decisions to to stop a canary rollout or, mm -hmm. or um, those kinds of things. So. And actually, kind of sounds like you're maybe working on more integration points as well. I mean, you're not a ticketing platform. You're not a rollout platform. So right, focusing exactly. on creating the integration points a lot more as well. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Does that also include... Uh, actually, there's not so many uh, of the services as there used to be, but the kind of alerting... Um, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. we see, you know, Rollbar will be used with PageDuty, with PicDrops, with OpsGenie. It'll be used with Slack. It'll be used with Jira. Yeah. It'll be used with Trello yeah. and so on. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I mean, we, we came into this conversation um, from a very specific point of uh, recent experiences you had with uh, Duolingo, um, which sparked my interest because I'm not sure if they're actually from here, but they certainly have a very big office in Berlin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I, not sure where they're actually from. Um, and I'm guessing the past few months has probably, like many, many services, pushed a lot more people um, to them in the past few months. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I guess in, in a story like that, um, how, how do you help and how do you as a company also uh, cope with those kind of increases in, in demands? Um, Helping, helping firstly the clients make sense out of the extra traffic and extra potential noise, but also mm -hmm. yourselves. You know, if you're giving metrics every minute across a lot of applications to a lot of customers, that's also a lot of infrastructure you need to keep working as well. <laughs> sure. And how, yeah. how, have you, how have you coped with that and how have you helped others cope with that? 
Yeah, maybe I'll start with, with, with for us. Um, you know, th this year, um, we, this, so historically, I, I think based on a lot, a lot of work that we did pretty early, um, Rollbar has been an exceptionally stable platform. Mm. Um, and, and this year we kind of ran up against some, some, um, uh, 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 some ceilings and, and we had, had some, 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 some uncharacteristic struggles um, um, in, in, in kind of the April through, through July timeframe. Mm -hmm. um, um, our team uh, has done an amazing job of coming together to, to, to solve those and really level up the, 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 the base level of the platform. Um, that's from, for us, that's moving, moving to Kubernetes. Um, so, okay. um, um, you know, it really enabling us to, uh, to, 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 yeah. to scale out a lot, a lot more, uh, uh, more effectively. Uh, we also moved to things into Kafka. Um, yeah. and I think that th th those have been kind of, kind of the two big moves that, that helped us. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. And I mean, it, in terms of those, those, um, those real life stories, the case studies of customers, how much, um, how much, Obviously, you're, you're going to focus on the, the 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 positive, but how much realistic kind of impact do you have on the development teams and the business? How much do you actually end up helping? Yeah, so you know, we, um, for, to talk about like because you mentioned Duolingo, Duolingo. I mean, for them specifically, like what they talk about is um, you know the speed of development. So can, can can they develop new features faster? Can they solve issues faster? Mm. Um, can they eliminate the back and forth that happens when they're when you know communicating between teams? So you know customers are having problems, developers are writing the code. Can we eliminate a lot of the back and forth that, that happens and in, in, in figuring those things out? Um, you know, just getting clarity about what's what's working and not working. And when you have clarity, it's much easier to make decisions and, and to act. Um, uh, for um, uh, for some other customers, kind of like 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 how we help them. There was a customer recently that that that, that integrated Rollbar, and within seven days, they had identified their top ten issues and fixed them. And they saw their support volume go down by ninety five percent. So um, that's a crazy, <laughs> a crazy is that, is that in a short period of time. Support from customers or internal support? Uh, support uh, from customers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And actually, I mean, knowing that a lot of people with something like Duolingo are often on mobile as well, do you can you offer some of that same level um, pathways to get to an error on Android and OS as, with JavaScript, or do they not offer you access to that kind of information? Yeah, for so so for mobile, it's it, it's it's it's, it's crash reporting, right? So on iOS, um, uh, uh, so we have an iOS library um, that, that can deal with crashes. Um, those are obviously you're you're going to get those when the app starts up again next. So it's a, it's a, so it's slightly different. Um, uh, for for Android, you, you that you're you're going to get um, uncut exceptions um, and so on. Uh, so yeah, um, Rollbar works with those in a similar way as we do with um, okay. uh, uh, with JavaScript. Yeah. And there'll be a lot of things like network drop off and stuff like that, I guess. Yep. <laughs> and um, I mean, we're we're rapidly approaching the end of this year. Um, what's the plan for the next six to twelve months? Yeah, so you know, we're, we're um, as we're as we're now you know thinking of rollbar about through the lens of you know continuously improving code. Um, we're thinking about how can we, um, you know, help developers do more things to be proactive about how they uh, they they they, they uh, discover and 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 solve errors, um, and also it, it kind of helping them be a little bit more um, uh, predictive about you know how they 
um, predict what's going to go wrong, right? So one of the, 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 the easiest ways to predict what's going to go wrong in production is by looking at what's happening in pre-production. So if you're, if you're running in, in test, whether that's CI or, or, or staging, um, you know, hooking up rollbar there as well. So you can say, hey, we have these eight bugs that are happening here. These are probably going to happen in production if we don't fix them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, that, 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 that's, that's a base level. But, but, but you can imagine ways that, 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 that we're working towards, you know, saying, hey, like, we see there are a lot of errors in this part of the code. Maybe you should do some work to refactor this because anytime you change this code, you're, you're, you seem to be generating more errors. Um, the, 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 um, or here, here's here's a code change that looks like other code changes that that, that have caused have causing problems. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe you should make changes to this so you don't cause problems. That's quite interesting. That starts to potentially help uh, teams build up like a body of knowledge, so new engineers don't uh, just uh, recreate problems that other engineers kind of know about but haven't had oh, a chance yeah. to tell it's, anyone it's about. Such a, big, <laughs> it's such a big problem, right? I mean. Yeah. Um, uh, you, 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 you fix the same issues over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and recreate them in different places and things like that. Right. I exactly. can't remember. I, I did come across, what was I looking at? There was something like that. Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. It was something to do with um, pull requests at another company where that mm -hmm. was a story that kept happening and people kept recreating the same errors because... They didn't, no one understood the code base enough, that kind yeah. of thing, you know, <laughs> and yeah. if you have that. Actually, that's an interesting question. Um, how far back can you keep error logs? Yeah, so in principle, any amount of time, right? I mean, okay. it's just data storage. Um, in, in practice, we, we um, the, the defaults for, for our kind of our, our, our the, the main, main plans is uh, on the six plan. months. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay. The other, other kind of... Uh, consideration there is um, uh, data storage. So um, yep. uh, uh, with GDPR and, and so on, there, there's, oh, yep. you know, yep. there, there's a pressure to, to not keep data longer than you, than you, than you need to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you would like to hope that if an error has been around for six months, it has been acted upon, but I would not um, rely on that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> it'll, it'll come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And is there anything we haven't covered that you want to make sure is mentioned? Um, no, I think, I think, I think um, you, you asked me a lot of great questions. So, um, okay. Um, and yeah. just a, a good question for people who, who hear this and like to just go and experiment. You do have, yeah, you do have a, a free plan by the looks of it. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. Five, five K events connect up to, yeah. So actually probably enough to, to experiment and, and get a feel, feel for things before before forking out any cash, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the free plan is meant for 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 developers to use forever on their side projects, right? If, yeah. if it's a hobby project, side project, yeah. we want we want it to be used for free there yeah. forever. Yeah. I'll actually, um, I do a, another stream now where I look at like the developer experience of various tools, and I should I should um, I like to try and coincide the podcast with a stream of that. So I'll try and do one and hook it up to. Uh, one of my side projects, but most of my side projects are static sites. So I don't know how mm -hmm. interesting that's going to be. Too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> most of the errors are going to be like broken links, which is not particularly interesting to dig into. It's kind of clear and obvious. I'll think of something to hook it up to um, and see and, and see what information I can get out of that. But cool. Great. Awesome. Thanks very much for your time. I'll, cool. Uh, Thanks, Chris. I hope you enjoyed that interview there with Brian LaRue of Rollbar. Now some updates from me. I have a few actually. So here's my lovely website with uh, sort of 
chinchilla overload here. Um, first, episode three of Board Game Jerk, uh, Rebecca and I were joined by Cornelius and Pavel of Nemesis Games, who recently raised over $300,000 for their first ever game, Uprising. I helped edit the manual. Very pleased, very proud that they did so well. And they joined us to discuss random game ideas spat out by the board game jerk bot. So you can enjoy that. That just went live yesterday. Uh, Dexpose this week on Monday was with Strappy, my interview subjects last week. And also the solo adventurer on Friday was the first installment of a solo D&D game, Frozen Offerings. And in it, I learnt that solo D&D is a lot of management. Um, coming this Friday will be part two of Frozen Offerings. And coming on Monday will be Dexpose with Rollbar. And what else? Yes, newsletters. I finally started overhauling my newsletter page slowly. I've for the first time in ages, realized that there was no sign-up box, which is probably why no one was signing up. Uh, that's right at the top for the general newsletter. I'll be slowly switching it back to MailChimp, which I'm still setting up. And if you fill in your profile on MailChimp, you'll start getting my topic newsletters, which at the moment are gaming-related, ethics-related, ethics in tech, and language, sort of natural language processing, things like that. Um, they will start coming out very soon. I'm still testing, but they are very, very soon. And you can also subscribe to RSS feeds of those particular topics if you would rather instead. And there's the links there as well. Um, Event-wise, I will be speaking at Write the Docs Australia this coming Friday, if you don't have a ticket already. Uh, but the video should be on YouTube soon after. And also, I'll be speaking at API Days Paris next week. I'm not 100% sure of the... Uh, time, but um, if you want to see me and other people speak, then grab a ticket and I hope the videos will be live at some point later. The talks are actually live, so not 100% sure. What else? There'll be episode three of Stories About People coming next week. I am just doing some final editing on the audio, so you can look forward to that too. And that was it for the week. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find more about me at kristenschiller.com. Please subscribe anywhere you hear, watch, read this weekly squeak. Any feedback for me, kristenchiller.com and uh, anywhere else you found. You can also leave support, support, yeah, support too, but also contact. <laughs> On that note, I will be rolling out some increased support options soon. That's all coming soon. But yes, please rate, review, share, spread the word, spread the love. And until next time. Thank you so, so much for joining.